I'm standing on the platform of the four train at 161st Street. That's Yankee Stadium. You used to be able to see the games, part of them, from the platform here. Not anymore. In 2009, the new Yankee Stadium opened. It's just across 161 from the old stadium. If we walk up the platform a minute, we can see it. I can't see into the stadium. I can just see into this restaurant. White tablecloths, linen napkins folded nicely, fancy wine glasses at the place setting. Looking north, you can see where the field is, but it's blocked. All I see is a really high wall. The Yankees have been in the Bronx since 1923. That's almost 100 years. They're called the Bronx Bombers, and along with hip-hop and the Bronx Zoo, are the most famous thing about the borough. We're all journalism students. Curious about the city and how things work. We wanted to know what kind of neighbor the Yankees are. The team's owners lobbied for a long time for a new stadium, saying the old one, south of 161, didn't have the modern amenities fans demanded. They argued that a new stadium would be an economic benefit to the city and the neighborhood. People in the Bronx tend to be proud of the Yankees, but there's a big gap between the stadium and the neighborhood. The Yankee Stadium is in one of the poorest neighborhoods in the city. According to the U.S. Census, the median household income in the area around Yankee Stadium is $33,000 a year, and it's in a densely packed neighborhood. Space is tight in New York City. To get a spot to build the new stadium, the Yankees asked if they could build just north of the old stadium. Only thing is, that was a park. The bill to, to alienate the, uh, the uh, parkland for Yankee Stadium literally landed on legislators' desks the day that they voted on it. And they did not read it because they were just told, okay, here's a stack of paper. The Democratic leadership says sign it, says vote for it. Uh, you know, go ahead and vote for it. And they went and voted for it. So people in the Bronx didn't even know that this deal was happening until after the most important vote was taken. Um, so that was huge because they lost an enormous amount of leverage. That's Neil DeMoss. He's a reporter who covered New York City for more than 20 years. He's an expert on public financing for sports stadiums. He wrote a book on the topic. It's called Field of Schemes. And now he's an editor at ProPublica. That's the premier investigative reporting outfit. Since the Yankees were getting public land, the city said they needed to give back something. In 2006, they signed the Community Benefits Agreement. It's a public document. We got a copy. Here's what it says. As part of its commitment to the Bronx community, the New York Yankees will establish a comprehensive Bronx business and minority-woman-owned and local business enterprises participation and labor force program. The program will provide existing and emerging businesses with maximum feasible employment and growth opportunities in the development of the New Yankees. The thing is, there were no requirements for oversight. The Yankees didn't have to tell anyone who they hired, where they spent money, or what promises they kept. The only reports they file are to the Yankees. Um, if they even file reports at all, we don't know because we don't see them. Um, there's no oversight from uh, the Bronx, uh, from Bronx elected officials. The community benefits agreement was signed by Randy Levine. He's the president of the Yankees. Before he got that job, he was a deputy mayor under Rudy Giuliani. Adolfo Carrion. He was a Bronx borough president at the time. Maria Baez. Chair of the Bronx delegation to the city council. Joel Rivera. Majority Leader of the City Council. Maria de Carmen Arreo. Council Member for the 17th District, the neighborhood around the stadium. The thing is, none of these people are in office anymore. It's tough to enforce an agreement when there was no oversight when the parties that signed it are no longer around. Back when they were negotiating with the city, the Yankees said the stadium wouldn't cost the public a dime. The, when the Yankees and Bloomberg announced this, it, they said that the Yankees are building this with, and it will happen with no public money involved. And... 
the final public price tag was slightly over a billion dollars, which was the most expensive stadium subsidy of any stadium built in the United States up until that point. Say that again. Slightly over a billion dollars. In 2008, a year before the new stadium opened, New York State Assemblyman Richard Brodsky issued a report called The House That You Built. It detailed the many ways the public was subsidizing the stadium. For all that public largesse, some people in the neighborhood around the stadium think the public should get more access. But ticket prices vary widely across the season. According to the Fan Cost Index, a statistical publication that tracks professional sports, it costs an average of $340 for a family of four to attend the Yankees game in 2021. I'll say that the Yankees City should definitely make um, the tickets more accessible for different communities. Because if you look at the numbers and statistics of the people that live in the Bronx, might not be able to pay for those tickets. So I would say they can engage in different things as giving out some tickets for free for specific communities. So they are able to include um, the people who live in the Bronx, whoever are not, are not able to pay for those tickets. Another part of the deal between New York and the Yankees was the MTA agreed to build a new Metro North station right near the stadium. The deal was this would reduce car traffic in the neighborhood, which suffers from high rates of asthma and will reduce crowding on the subways while giving local people an extra community option. An assistance to the Yankees, but a benefit for the community too. Yeah, I uh, take this train to uh, go to work in Yonkers. It's the easiest way for me to get there. When I when I get on the train, it's not usually that packed. It's a uh, pretty smooth ride. A spokesman for the MTA said 67% of fans take the Metro North to games. Shuttle trains run between the stadium and Harlem 125th. On non game days, there are 32 trains in each direction. They run every 30 minutes. While the MT didn't provide regular ridership numbers, they said that a lot of people use the station. At $9.25 a ticket from 153rd to Grand Central, it makes more sense for most people to stick with the subway. A big part of the sale of the stadium was the idea that it would employ local people. But it is nearly impossible to find out how many jobs the stadium created. The Community Benefits Agreement did not include any reporting or disclosure requirements. There are definitely stadium jobs, from front office people like general managers and VPs to the people who sell beer and popcorn. Supposedly 15, but when you actually see your check weekly, instead of, because they were smart, like that you don't go overtime, so their, their pair day is Wednesday, and you know there's not a game every day. So when there's like certain games and it's like usually back to back, Supposedly you made like 80 hours or 70, 70 hours. You're not really getting the overtime that you expect because on Wednesday they start over and some days there's no, there's no game. She works in one of the concessions at the stadium. It's a shitty pay. Why? Because it's Yankee Stadium. It's the MLB. They make money. Because these baseball players, they be getting a million dollar contract and things like that. Just to get minimum wage. And it's not even an everyday game. So, and then all the work that we do is not like, for me, it's not worth it. It was hard to learn about what it's like to work for the Yankees, though. We kept trying to interview people who worked at the stadium and kept getting brushed off. That's because the Yankees require people who work there to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. The clearest give back coming out of the Community Benefits Agreement was the new Yankee Stadium Community Fund. The fund promised to give away 800000 a year. How much does the Yankee organization take in? 
<laughs> that's another one of those questions that's sort of hard to answer because uh, because we don't have the actual numbers. Forbes does a decent estimate. Sport teams are notoriously secret about their finances. But according to an estimate by Forbes magazine, the Yankees make up between 400 to $600 million per year. The community fund does release some information. There is something called a 990. It's a form you file with the IRS. It's public info. We got them and read them. Here's some of the groups the fund gave money to in 2019. That's the most recent year we have records for. The fund gave money to Bronx Children's Museum, Youth Builder Inc., Lehman College Art Gallery, Bronx Art Ensemble, and Jaws and Taino Little League, among others. A Little League baseball organization is very expensive, especially if you go with the uniforms and everything. In total, it can cost over $50,000 or $60,000 because you have to get the insurance for the kids. The bigger the league is, the more expensive the insurance. There is the purchase of the uniforms, paying for an umpire is expensive, the trophies, the balls used, a lot is requested. The work that the league does is phenomenal. The Little Leagues need funds for other things than bats and balls. Bronx parks are sometimes in rough shape. Fields are full of holes, grass grows in the infield. Uh, and, it, and it was better because we could, use the, we could use the check for different things, you know what I mean? We used for uniforms, we could use by balls, we could use for, for repair equipment, we buy, we buy clay for the home player pitching mound, we buy the uh, powder for, for the line marker. We could use it for something else right now. It's only for what they say. We wanted to ask how the fund makes decisions. Some of the recipients got more money than the fund regulations say they are supposed to. We reached out several times to Veronica de Jesus, the administrator of the fund. She never got back to us. The first administrator of the fund quit, saying the fund wasn't doing sufficient outreach. Well, I mean, I think the main thing, I mean, I think the main thing that they should know is that the existence of the fund that the money was earmarked for legitimate not-for-profits throughout the Bronx. I think the main thing is that they should know it exists. I mean, it must be obvious for to people know any little thing about this, that it has to be run as an old boys club. That's just wrong. That's Michael Dresden, a lawyer who helped the fund set up its nonprofit status, then stayed on as the administrator. He thinks the fund should be doing much more publicity so groups in the Bronx know they can apply for funding? Well, certainly at the beginning, they, they were soliciting um, applications rather than making a broad announcement to the Bronx saying, look, we exist and we invite your applications. He actually thinks the fund would have been better run if the Yankees organization was more involved with it. As it is, the CBA required the fund to be independent of the team. The fund is required to issue annual reports, though. Dresden thinks that those should be public and readily available. The CAB calls for an annual report to be issued once a year. As far as I know, it's never been issued. Mm-hmm. And given the fact that this is Yankee money, I mean, a million dollars is still a million dollars. To me, that's a lot of money. It, um, whether or not they have a legal authority, they should pressure the board to issue their annual reports The CBA said the Yankees would give away 15,000 tickets every year. Some of those go to schools or community groups, but it's not clear how the groups get tickets. Or who decides who gets When we started reporting this project, we reached out to the director of communications for the Yankees. 
We emailed him 13 times. And reached out to another spokeswoman for the team several more times. Neither responded. Oh, then we were just good with Dane's Times Club. You know, everybody here friendly, everybody, you know, trying to get to the game, trying to have some fun. So the neighborhood is good. The neighborhood is okay. The park they vacated is now a public park. You can stand at what was home plate, just like Jeter or A-Rod. The Community Benefits Agreement said they'd keep giving back until 2046. That's 20 years from now. So in conclusion, if there's anything to be done, it's to give publicity to the front, embarrass board members being as private as they are, and, and seeing what good things can happen in the next 25 years. Doors, please.